I was glad when they said unto me, let us go, let us go, let us go to the house of the Lord. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise God, praise God. It feels so right and it feels so good and it looks so good to see all of you here excited about the house of God. And it's been a long time since we've joined together like this. but it's so good to be in the house of God today. And it's been, uh, been, a, been a trip in some ways to have this at home. But it's worked for the present time. But I'm so glad that we're loosening it up and getting back together. And we're doing what Walmart does. We're doing what everybody else is doing. We're staying apart. We're not shaking hands. We're cleansing our hands. We're washing our hands. And that's what the Bible said a long time ago. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Yeah, that's what the Bible said. I don't know why people haven't been doing it all along. It's what the Bible said. So here we are today in the house of the Lord, and I'm so happy to see all of you, and I'm so happy to be here preaching to you again today. I'm going to read to you three passages of Scripture. I kind of frightened my wife when I said the longer I study, the the longer this message gets. But I'm going to curtail it today and try to fit it into a couple hours because I know you need to catch up a little bit. Reading, we're going to read three chapters today from the book of Genesis, chapter 7, verse number 1. And for your leg's sake, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But Genesis number 8, verse number 1, and Genesis chapter 9. I received this inspiration when I heard a remark some time ago and began working on this lesson. Genesis chapter 7, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Noah. Genesis chapter 8, verse number 1. And God remembered Noah. Genesis number 9, verse number 1, and God blessed Noah. So I want to preach to you today, the Lord said, the Lord remembered, and the Lord blessed. The Lord said, the Lord remembered, and the Lord blessed. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and your voices together. It's such a privilege to be able to lift our hands together and worship the Lord. Savior, we love you and thank you today. We thank you for all that are at home listening. Let the power and the anointing of Almighty God go through the airwaves. For you're a God of everywhere. You're a God of everything. And you're a God of everyone. I pray that your spirit will touch, heal, strengthen, encourage. And we ask these things in the wonderful name of the Lord. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's joy to be able to say that, isn't it? Yes. God said, or the Lord said, 267 times in the Bible. It started with those words. God 
said. When God speaks, things happen. There was a time when Israel was led by the voice of God to the leadership directly and probably very audibly. Today, Hebrews tells us that he speaks through his son, which Jesus said, my words which are written, they are, they are truth. They are right. They are on time. So God is still speaking to us. The Lord said to Noah, and the reason the Lord said to Noah, when you read the rest of this, because he saw, he saw. Now, when I, when I was reading this over and over, trying to get the grasp of this in my own mind, this stood out to me so strongly that the Lord spoke to Noah because he saw something in Noah. I want God to see something in me today. I want him to see my hunger for church, my hunger for his word, my hunger for his spirit. Because when he speaks, it's because he sees something in you. And I, I know that, that the world doesn't believe like we do as far as uh, God and the spirit of God and all those things. But I believe that God is in this place today. I believe that he's seeing what you're doing. I believe that he's seeing what you've done this week. I believe that God is understanding the predicament we're in, and we're here today. Plus, Jamil and his wife are here. Praise God. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. The Spirit of God brings to us so much. So he saw in Noah righteousness. Now, first of all, I must clarify from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that none of us are righteous in our own selves. We're frail humanity, but this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, for the, he hath made him, Christ Jesus, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Before the devil condemns you for your lack or your failures or your struggles, remember that those things do not define you. And stand up and say, wait a minute, because of what God did for me in the spirit, I have his righteousness that covers all my unrighteousness. Hallelujah. I don't know what that does to you, but when, when the Lord looked at Noah, he saw a righteous man in an unrighteous generation, and he began to speak to him and say, this is how you save your family. And I would like to preach to you for a little while today on this because God needs to talk to our hearts about our families, our homes, our children. I try to pray every time I pray. I try to pray for our kids and our grandkids to stay in truth. That's a prayer that all of us need to be praying. We're living in a wicked generation, but when the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, as the scripture said, he's looking for somebody whose heart is perfect towards him. Not perfect, but perfect towards him. And not, not, not righteous necessarily by world standards, uh, but righteous because what God has given to us. We have been born again. This old flesh is going to give us trouble until the change. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the righteousness of God. We need the power of God. And that's why when we join together, we join together with uplifted voices, uplifted hands, and we worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. So God said to Moses, 
but Noah, because he saw what Noah was doing, he understood the righteous in the heart and said, your generation can be saved if you'll do what I said. They prepared an ark, not just for themselves, and this church is not just for ourselves. This church is for whomsoever will. Let him come and drink of the waters freely. There's something powerful in this house right now. The Spirit of Almighty God is in this place today, and he's in every home where his voice is being heard. He's speaking to people in their very homes today. I feel the touch of God as it's going out of this building into a community that's saying, hey, we're getting ready for something something fantastic. We're getting, some, getting ready for something awesome and powerful. We're getting ready for a move of God like this world has never seen. Uh, I'm sorry we've been shut up and shut down too long. Uh, it's time for us to shout out uh, and get out and start living for God like we've never lived for God before. It's time to let the Holy Ghost work in us and let God see us. Let God see us and then begin to speak to us. Hallelujah. You want to know how powerful his word is? Hebrews 1 and beginning at verse 1. God, who at sunder times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom is the appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's who be in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. We think we have problems, and we do. We have our struggles, yes, and we do. But if God can hold the world and the universe and the stars in space, there are no props under the earth. There are no scaffolding under the earth. He said, he said, be there, and it's there. He said, stay there, and it's still there. God said it. Now, if God said it, you better believe it. Noah believed it in all the opposition of his day and all the confusion of his day when God said, build a boat and prepare for your family to get out of here. He did it. I think it's time for us to prepare for the rapture. What do you say? Let God see our hearts. Let God see our worship. Let God see our desire. Let God see our sincerity and prepare for a ride like you've never been on before in your life. It's going to be so fast and so rapid, it'll dispose of everything earthly and change you into everything heavenly. Woo. God said, let there be light. And there was light. When God speaks, something happens. I want God to speak. I don't want confusion with tongues and interpretations. I want God to speak. When God speaks, it's right. When we speak, sometimes we make mistakes. But when God speaks, it's right. I want to hear from the Lord. And today, I'm going to try to help you what God has said. When he said to Noah, I want you to do something because I see something in you. I wonder if we could do something because God sees something in us. I went to visit Brother Welch when we could get in to see him. And the nurse told me, 
Well, I didn't even get to see him that day because they stopped me and they said he's, he's questioning that God was mad at him because God told him to pray for somebody and he didn't do it. And that's why he was in the hospital. Well, I assured him that God doesn't work quite like that. And so they went back to tell him what I said and they were all, he was all changed then. He said that I was mad at him. But I'm not God. But the thing that was interesting is that even with his weak body, he recognized that God had said something to him. We need to recognize the voice of God. It comes not in a boisterous, thunderous sound. It comes in a small, still voice. When you can close everything out of your mind, out of your life, and focus and meditate on God. I never will forget Old Brother Clayton. You know Brother Clayton? What was, I don't even know that'd be a great grandpa of yours. Great uncle, okay. Great. Years ago, we were sitting in a meeting and somebody asked the question, what's the difference between prayer and meditation? And old Elder Clayton said, they're twin sisters. Meaning, you pray a while and you stop and listen a while. Let God speak to your spirit. He'll talk to your spirit. He'll let you know what you need to do in your spirit. He'll take the word of God that's preached. He'll take the word of God that's written. And he'll put it in your spirit and help you walk in the way that he would have you to walk. The sun shined. Breathable air was created because God said, let there be, and it was. I want God to let it be in this service today. I want God to do something in every service we come together. I want God to do something in your home right now while you're listening to this. I believe the Holy Ghost can go beyond walls and go beyond fences and go beyond doors and highways. I believe God is wherever you are, where two or three are gathered together. And if you're in your home alone, you're not just one because you have the Holy Ghost. You have God with us. And so that's two. And you're gathered together and he's in your presence. So if you're home with one, one, God's there. If you're home with a family, God's there. And if you're here in this congregation, God's here. And somebody said amen. Well, hallelujah. So when the Lord was fast asleep on the boat, sleeping on a pillow, the Bible said, they came to him to awaken him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose. What did he do? He spoke to the wind. He rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, I know know you go through struggles. I really do. I understand. I've been through struggles. I understand struggles. Uh, And I understand what we go through as humanity. But when the storm of life is so rough, You need to awaken something on the inside of you and say, oh, wait a minute. I have somebody on board my life and my body that can bring calmness to this situation. I don't know whether you really have been through a struggle like everybody else. I don't know what all your struggles have been, but I can promise you in the midst of your struggle, there's somebody that is awakening to the power and the presence of God in your life, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ that will help you through it and bring you victory in your life. Paul's conversion, he was walking down the road, and it knocked him down 
to the ground and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Somewhere, if you get knocked down on a road somewhere, stop and say, Wait a minute, God. Here I am. Where are you? And he'll say, I'm Jesus. I'm right here with you. How many of you have ever felt the presence of God with him? Hallelujah. So the Lord saw Noah, and he saw the righteousness in him. He said, prepare a boat. He saw the sincerity and the obedience. And then the Bible said he remembered Noah. He remembered Noah. He did not leave Noah in the boat. He took him into the vast expanses of the world at that time. And he was the father of many nations because of that. Because his family was the only family that survived that disaster. I can only tell you, if you're in the boat, if you're in the church, if you're in the rapture, you're going to be saved and all that's with you. Let me just look the devil in the face and say, listen, you've tormented America long enough. You've tormented our families long enough. You've tormented our church long enough. It's time we're getting into a position to know we're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. And somebody shouted hallelujah. And the Lord remembered. So the Lord spoke, and then the Lord remembered. He remembered. He remembered. <laughs> now, we know he doesn't forget unless he's forgetting your sins. He said, I will forget that, and I'll put it to the bottoms of the sea so far away that nothing can get to it. But he remembers. And I was reminded of Hannah that, Wanted something from the Lord. And the Bible said that she went to the house of the Lord and she prayed. Man didn't understand what was going on. Eli looked at her and said, you're drunk, lady. What's going on? You're stammering. You're, yeah. Who knows what was going on in her voice at that time? But he didn't understand what she was saying. He didn't understand her spirit at that moment. But when she looked up to him and said to him out of that concerned and fretful spirit, she said, oh, wait a minute. Don't, don't be upset at me. I want you to know that I'm asking God for something that will benefit the kingdom of God. I never will forget those that have come to God because they came expecting something else and got something better. I came to the church years ago on 36th and 0 one morning to pray, and on the pulpit there was a note left. And the note was basically saying, I came here for a reason, and I'm leaving with a different reason. He had broken into the church, which that building was not hard to break into, but he had broken into it, and he came, and he decided he was going to steal some things. But there was enough power in an empty building where God's people met, and God remembered the congregation, and he left. And he came back to service. His name was Billy. Some of you might remember him years and years ago. But he came back to church. He prayed through. We baptized him because the building was so dedicated to God and the people were so dedicated to God. I just want you to know that God remembers your prayers. God remembers your prayers. So she prayed. She prayed diligently and said, let, let your handmaiden find grace in your eyes. And so the Bible said that she went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. When Eli said to her, about a year from now, you're going to have your wish. You're going to have your prayer answered. 
Her countenance changed with a hope, a faith, and a belief in the Word of God. And the Bible said she went home, and the Bible said about a year later that God remembered her. Don't you think for a minute that your prayers last week are forgotten by God? He remembered her a year later. What did he remember about her? Number one, he remembered her sincerity. He remembered her worship. She prayed sincerely, weeping before the Lord. I want to do something for the kingdom of God. I want it to happen for the kingdom of God. I want it to be a powerful thing. Uh, he, she, he remembered her prayer. He remembered her grace. When she was rebuked, what are you doing here, you drunk woman? She didn't get mad at the rebuke. She said, oh, wait a minute. You don't understand. I'm here because I want something from God. I want God to speak to me. I want God to give me something. And he said, you got your wish. You got your prayer. Your prayer is answered. And a year later, God said, I remember. I remember. I remember that prayer. You're praying for your loved ones. We're praying for our kids. We're praying for our families. Let me tell you, God does not forget. God remembers your prayers. Come on, let's have some faith today. What do you say? Let's believe God that if, he's, if we're going to pray, he's going to answer our prayer. He's going to remember our prayer. Well, hallelujah. How many times have you prayed and you wondered whether God even hears you or not? I'm telling you, he does hear you. And he does answer you. Psalmist David said in Psalms 56 and 8, Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? He remembers. He'll store your tears and he'll write it down in a book. The time you pray. <laughs> if this doesn't help you come to life with prayer fresh and anew, and I know you're praying, people, I believe in you. We come to the well, we come to pray. I believe in you. I'm not chastising. I'm just saying, when you come to pray, believe he writes it down. Believe he puts your tears in a bottle. That's what the Bible said. And God's speaking to us today through the word of God. He's using my voice through his book to tell you that whatever you're going through, go ahead and weep, weep all night, but joy is coming in the morning because I'm putting it in a bottle. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm writing it down in a book and I'll not forget who you are. I'll remember who you are. I love you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. God wants you to know that he's in this place today and he's hearing. He brought Jamil and his wife back today. Well, you, some of you have been praying for them. And look at here, all the way from Oklahoma, Sonia Hall. And, and who's this good-looking guy? Well, I don't want to stretch it too far. But this guy beside you, good to see you. Love you. God knows what he's doing and helping. How many of you prayed and God's answered a prayer for you? then I think we ought to lift our voices and thank him. That's it. Lift your voices and thank him. He's answered a prayer for you. He's been there. He remembered your petition. Now I want to take you to the book of Revelation. And I know the book of Revelation has a lot of symbolism in it. But this part, I think, is literal. Chapter 5, verse number 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne 
And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now this, I gave you a, I gave you an Old Testament psalm, and I'm giving you a New Testament revelation that your prayers go beyond the ceiling. Sometimes you might feel like the heavens are brass and it's bouncing back at you, but just keep on bombarding heaven because angels are there fighting demons and your prayers will get through, I promise you. Read the book of Daniel chapter 10 and you'll find that your prayers will get there even though the enemy fights you. Are you tired of the enemy fighting you? Are you sick and tired of you feeling like I'm, I'm not accomplishing anything? Just keep on fighting. Just keep on praying. Just keep on worshiping. Because the Bible said there's an odor that goes to the very house of God. And there's prayers that are joined together in vials. Oh, hallelujah. He's putting your prayers in a bottle. Then we got to read on. With the prayers of all the saints and the golden altar which is upon before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it back into the earth. I like this. And there was voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. There was a great shaking. Things happen when you pray and God returns those prayers. Listen to the scripture. He took that censer with the prayers of the saints and he threw it back down into the earth. I don't know what that does to you, but God, that lets me know that God understands where I'm at. God knows what I'm going through and God answers what I need right now. I'm trying to help you understand today. God's going to help us fight COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21. I know it's not the year, but just to let you know, it doesn't matter what year things are going to come. God's going to keep his hand on the church. I rebuke fear in Jesus' name. I rebuke, I rebuke the things of our world in Jesus' name. We're going to be smart. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to do what's right. But on the other hand, we're going to let God take care of us. Oh, hallelujah. Besides, we're looking for something better anyway. Isaiah 63 and 8. For he said, surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their savior. And in their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them in his love and in his pity. He redeemed them and he bare them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled. And the reason I want to give you this scripture today is that every once in a while, we make mistakes in life. And that's not the time to quit God. When mistakes come, failures happen, struggles exist, get yourself up and understand that God is still with you. They rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy. Oh, God. I don't want God to be my enemy. I've read enough Old Testament scripture, New Testament scripture, that when God turns his back on you, uh, it's a bad scene. But I can tell you another thing on the other side of it. Don't ever turn your back on him. He will never turn his back on you. 
He will never turn his back. I am with you to the end of the world, he said. I'm with you, hallelujah. And I want you to know if you make a mistake, you get up anyway. They reveal, oh, he was their savior. He was excited. They were excited. When they were afflicted, he was afflicted. Hey, you know what? Today, we are affected, but we are becoming disinfected. We're affected by the Spirit of God, but we're disinfected of the things of the world. I think it's time to rejoice. I think it's time to let God know we love him. Oh, hallelujah. He carried them in the days of old. He fought for them. He was their Savior, and they rebelled and vexed his spirit, and he turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. Don't ever get to the place. This is what, this is what I want to encourage you with. Don't ever get to the place that you deny the Holy Ghost. Don't ever get to the place that you deny your baptism in Jesus' name. Don't ever get to the place where you deny what God has done for you. Because when you fall, he's still there. He'll never turn his back on you. If you turn your back on him, that's a whole different story. Don't ever turn your back on him. Get up. Get back to the house of God. And say, I love God more than anything. They rebelled and vexed his spirit. He became their enemy. He fought against them. Then verse number 11. I love it. He said, then he remembered the days of old. Moses and his people saying, where is he that brought them out of the sea and the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make himself an everlasting name, that led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness, that they should not stumble. As a beast that goeth down in the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst they, thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. He remembered the days of old. I'm telling you, church, God does not forget your labor of love. He does not forget who you are. He does not forget where you are. It's you that have forgotten him. He said in the Old Testament, they've forgotten me days without number. Uh, I'm telling you, if the, if, the, if the Muslim world can pray five times a day, why can't we stop in our busy schedule and thank God five times a day? We have a God that knows and hears and understands. It's interesting because the Muslim world, and they pray. And a lot of good people are Muslim good people, but they wash their hands before they pray. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. <laughs> they cleanse their hands. They cleanse their feet. They cleanse their mouth. Because the, their teaching is, wherever you go, you make a mistake. Whatever you do, you make a mistake. Whatever you say, you make a mistake. They're cleansing all that before they pray. That's not a bad deal. But the Lord taught us basically the same thing. When he told us, when we pray, ask God to forgive you every day. Cleanse your mind, cleanse your heart, cleanse your hands, cleanse your steps, cleanse your path, cleanse your family. Oh, hallelujah. Somewhere along life, you got to remember that God remembers your prayer and he hears your prayer. Psalms 98 and 3, he hath remembered his mercy and his truth. Psalms 105 verse 42, for he remembered his holy promise. Oh, hallelujah. He remembered his holy promise and he remembered Abraham, his servant. Oh, if I could preach to you today. Don't ever give up hope. 
Don't ever give up. We were talking with somebody yesterday, been through a horrible scene, been through difficult times, very hard to go through, but he's coming out of it, and he's recognizing that God's hand's still in his life. I want to tell you, my friend, it can be as dark as a midnight moon without a sunlight above your head. You can be in the darkness of your life, but God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He knows where you are. I think it's time for us to believe God beyond the present and know that he's with me. He's with me. Oh, hallelujah. He's with me. I know I've got time limits maybe today. I think this program only runs an hour, so I can't preach over an hour, and I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to tell you something God knows where you are. He stores up your prayers. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Because while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Why not hook on to him and say, okay, God, you know your promise in my life, and you know what you're going to give me. Oh, hallelujah. So God said, and God remembered. And the third point in chapter 9 is that God blessed Noah. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? I'm not worthy of all of his blessings. I'm not worthy of his spirit. I'm not worthy of his hope. But I thank him for it. And he's blessed me with a clear mind. I can think. I can worship. I can walk. You know, Brother Terry said, you just wake up old. Well, I woke up the other day. And I'm still alive. I can breathe. I've got a lot to be thankful for. I think every one of you have something to be thankful for. Thankful for your health. Thankful for life. Thankful for God. Thankful for your church. Thankful for a pastor that loves the word of God. Thankful for musicians that love to worship and play and sing in and, and our church. What a great time today to come back to the house of God. Can I preach to you a few minutes? And he blessed Noah. Why did he bless Noah? Because he saw, he remembered, and he blessed him. Well, hallelujah. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Noah. Unless God would have created a whole new race. So we ought to thank God for Noah. You know what's interesting And when I was reading that, because a lot of people get stuck on the fact that they went in two by two. But they really went in by 14 by 14. Because the Bible said, the Bible said, <laughs> the Bible said that the clean went in by sevens, male and female. So if there was seven males, there had to be seven females. That's 14, right? Huh? Maybe, you're, maybe your math is different than mine. I think that's right. They went in by seven. He wasn't going to leave one alone. Okay, you're going in by six. You got three males and three females and one. What is it? He didn't do that. They went in by sevens, male and female. From the very beginning of creation, it's been male and female. It's interesting, you're not hearing a lot about these other genders out there during this COVID-19. I guess it's only attacking male and female. Well, that's all there really is, male and female. That's all there is to attack. Maybe they'll realize that. 
So God blessed Noah because he did what he said he was supposed to do. So the Bible talks to us in the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. And I'm not going to take the time to preach every one of these because each one of them is a powerful message in itself. But he saw the multitudes in verse number one, chapter five. And he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. You can't judge spirituality by monetary means. But when you're poor in the spirit, that means you're willing. I want more. I need more. I desire more. When you're poor in the spirit, you want more. So he said, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, so they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Don't be so critical of those that struggle. For while they're struggling, they're still alive. I was in Africa some years ago, and we went to the crossing where the Serengeti animals and the wildebeest and the zebras were crossing, and there were massive crocodiles in the water. They struggled to get across. They were high-stepping in the water because they knew there was danger looking. It doesn't hurt us to get a little excited and start high-stepping around here. Because we know we're conquering the enemy every time we worship God. Those animals would struggle to the last breath. And let me just encourage you today. If the enemy tries to pull you down, gets to hold of some faith in your life and say, you're not going to destroy me. You've got me down. But let me tell you something. I am getting up. I'm getting better. I'm not getting worse. I'm not failing. I'm getting up. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall have mercy. They shall obtain mercy. Be careful you criticize and those that are struggling. You need to give them mercy. We need to pray for those that are struggling. Let me just tell you something, friend. If you're honest with yourself, every one of you has struggled with something in your life. Every one of you has struggled with faith or lack thereof. And so don't be so hard on everybody else. Let's have revival. What do you say? Let's get people prayed through. What do you say? Let's let it have revival touch every life, every heart, and find out everybody that's hungry for God. I really believe this, church. I really believe this. We're on the very cusp of a great move of the Holy Ghost. People are stirred up. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know where to turn. But I'll tell you, they can turn in here. 1418 Columbus. Oh, hallelujah. There's something powerful happening right now. There's... Uh-huh. There's something going on right now. There's something moving right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called the children of God. Each one of these is a total message in themselves. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you're going through a struggle, understand God remembers where you are. God knows where you are. God's speaking to you even today that you can get up and you can make it. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, devil, we still believe in heaven. We still believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. We still believe in the rapture of the church. We still believe we're getting out of here. You can try to defeat us, but you're not going to defeat us. You can try to kick us down, but you're not going to hold us down. This is a church that knows how to rise up because God speaks, and God remembers, and God is blessing. I don't know if you've ever felt the blessings of God like you really want to, but you can feel the blessings of God in every service we come to. What do you say we remember when God speaks, God remembers, and God blesses? What do you need today? At the, at the end of our message, it said, tune in and receive your blessing. That was, a, that was, that was text to everybody and all the tribes. Uh, tune in and receive your blessing. All right, out there, you've tuned in. Let's receive our blessing. Those of you that's here, why don't we stand just for a moment and let's lift our hands uh, and let's receive a blessing today. God blesses those uh, that he remembers uh, and speaks to. For great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. Get your eyes above your problem. Get your eyes above your sin and confusion. Get your eyes above all that you're going through and remember that you have a reward in heaven. It may not be over this moment, but it may be over the next moment. And when it's over the next moment, we're going to be in the presence of the Almighty God. For great is their reward in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. For you're not the first one to be persecuted. You're not the first one to be ridiculed on your job. You're not the first one to say, oh, you're one of those Christians, huh? Yes, I am. They wheeled Brother Jamil in today on a wheelchair, and I told him he's a great holy roller today. We need to remember who we are and that God remembers where you are. If you felt good in the presence of the Lord today, why don't you just lift your hands together and let's rejoice together for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, lift your voices up. Oh, yes. That sounds so right. That sounds so good. He was on the cross. darkest day of Jesus' life. He was crucified with common criminals. All that had been with him forsook him. Only a few women knelt and cried in some close proximity. But men ran, scared, 
when Jesus looked out looking for anybody he saw his mother and said behold your son in this day that we live I don't want him to look out and not find us it may get difficult in America yea the world we don't know what the offshoots of all of this is going to be the control the world control they saw what they could do to a world they saw they could shut a world down and introduce a beast power an antichrist spirit that's already working been working since the, the disciples the apostles passed away there's already there and it's working today the antichrist spirit they can shut a church down by shutting the whole world down. They can do a lot of things. They learn some lessons in this, let me tell you. And it's time for us to be prepared for whatever the government, the world, and our society puts on us, that we're gonna worship God no matter what. You know what's interesting? I want them to learn something else. You can't shut the church down. We were here ready to have church today because after six weeks, you're still hungry to be in the house of God. They're not going to shut us down. They're not going to shut us down. They're not going to stop the church. They're not going to stop his presence. They're not going to stop the Holy Ghost. I believe with all of my heart that people are going to receive the Holy Ghost the next couple weeks. Uh, and our churches are going to recognize the power and the anointing of God. Because we're obeying his word. When he speaks... Uh, he remembers, oh hallelujah. And on that cross, everybody forsaking him, denying him, one of the male factors, a criminal, a sinner, rebuked the other criminal, said, you don't understand who's this man, who this man is. And the Lord turned to him and said, I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember you today. Me and you is going to have some fellowship today. Hallelujah. Oh, don't you feel the Holy Ghost in this place? Lift your hands together and thank him. God speaks. God remembers. And God blesses. God speaks, God remembers, and God blesses. Hallelujah. There's not a mountain too tall. There's not a problem so small. can't resolve in time he'll get involved our God he cares about us so wait on the Lord Morning, I thank you, Lord. You're the God that strengthens me. You're the 
mercy, his strength, your his strength. grace.
lift up a shout of worship and praise. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, and worship you. You're a God that said it, you remember it, and you bring blessing. We want you to know in the house of God today that we're going to lift our voice and acknowledge you and praise you and pursue you. You're a God that knows how to speak exactly at the right moment into our spirit. Amen. And today, today through the man of God and the preached word of God, you have brought strength and anointing to us. We're going to receive it today. We're going to apply it. We're going to live it. We ask these things in your wonderful name. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray and we give to you thanks. I love you, Lord, and praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love him together. I thank you, Lord, and worship you. I praise you. There's healing in the house of God today. There's anointing in the house of God today.